Welcome to the podcast of RUF at Boston University. Well, hello, I'm Nathan, the campus minister. It's good to be back after a week off, and um, we're continuing the series in relationships, uh, wisdom for relationships. I want to clarify, it's not that I'm all wise, all knowing, or anyone who gets up here is all wise and all knowing about relationships, but we're seeking God's wisdom in his word uh, on these relationships. And so, um, yeah, I had, a, I had a couple slides just to um, kind of begin. Yeah, so this is uh, my mom and dad. Uh, this is my dad on the left, rocking the longer hair, as you can see, the beard. When he didn't have a beard, it was scary. It was like, <laughs> so he always had a beard. I believe I am in my mother's uh, belly there. She is hiking and pregnant. So it's a little bit about my mom and dad. I, I, I want to do something we don't normally do. Uh, look to the person to your left or right um, and tell them your parents' first names and what you called them. So was it mom or dad, mom and pop? I call, uh... Did anyone call their parents mommy and daddy into their teenage years? I still do. You still do? Yes, I, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Um, I remember my, my siblings and I uh, made a concerted effort to switch from mommy and daddy uh, to mom and dad. It felt so weird at first, but we were like, we got to do it, guys. we got to do it. we got to make the switch. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking uh, about, about parents tonight in particular. We're kind of talking family in general, but I, I feel like uh, as a college student, you're, you know, once you showed up to be you and you moved into your dorm, something changed in your relationship with your parents inevitably, whether it might have been small or big. So we're going to talk about particularly how you relate to your parents uh, tonight. So um, I wanted to say also at the end, we're going to do something a little different. There's some stuff in here that's very like, contextual and you know might differ based on your circumstance and things like that so I want to give some time there at the end just to have some hey can you, you said that can you clarify what you mean or I'm in this situation how in the world is what you apply what, what you said apply to my situation that kind of thing so if you have those kind of things uh, hold on to them we'll do just a very brief question and response and then we're gonna have uh, time to break out and pray for our parents actually. So, all right. Well, I have uh, three main points. Um, The first one is about God's design. The second one is about the complication that comes uh, in relating to parents. And then lastly, how Jesus changes the way we relate to our parents. So very simple uh, three-part outline. But if we could go to the next slide. On June 28th, 2019, this is in the hospital of MGH, a hospital room, uh, something incredible happened to me. I became the father to a baby boy. His name is Edward William. Uh, He's my firstborn son, and my life changed forever. Being a dad is one of my favorite things, to say the least. Uh, Everyone told me, like, this is going to be the hardest thing ever, and so I braced myself but no one told me, and, and they really can't. You can't describe the intense amount of like joy and love you have instantaneously 
for this person that you've never met. Um, the Bible says that children are a gift from the Lord, and this is so true. I'm going to start this by just saying, you are a gift to your parents. If God's word is true, that means each one of you are a gift to your parents. When you came into the world, whether you were firstborn, middle child, sixth child, you changed your parents' lives. Uh, They were overwhelmed. They might still be overwhelmed at the responsibility that that entails. Perhaps they've failed as parents. Maybe they're just so-so. Maybe they're average. Or maybe they're the best parents you could have ever imagined. The relationship between you and your parents is part of God's design for the world he created. God made this up. He came up with this relationship. And I just want to start by saying that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful design. When you're a baby, especially at this age, you're dependent on your parents, especially your mom, for your every need. Uh, Your parents were both part of conceiving you. Your mother bore you for nine months. And then both your parents raised you. And I think here there's a picture of grace, of how we couldn't pay our parents back even if we tried for all that they've given us. And yet we've received so much, especially in the early years. All we do is take, take, all they do is give. What a picture of grace, that we are dependent on God as children. I think an infant is one of the best examples of what it looks like to enter into the kingdom of God. Dependent on God, on him, our father. So I don't start off this way to bring a guilt trip like, you guys have so much you owe your parents, and now that I'm a dad, I can tell you that. That's not how I wanted to start. But I, do, I did notice that when I did this talk four years ago, there was a, just a radical shift in how I wanted to approach this. I don't know, and I didn't know, and probably will never fully know, how much uh, a child can mean to their parents how much impact a child can make on their parents' lives. Um, Whether you're grown or young, we need to realize and maybe appreciate how much your parents love you, however imperfectly, and how much of an impact you have made on their lives. I think this grows over time, especially into adulthood. We understand how we have an influence on our parents. It's usually totally the other way around. But if we can't repay them, how do we relate to them? The Bible says that we are supposed to honor your parents. But before we get into that specifically, it's God's design that our relationship would be a mutual blessing. That we would be entering in, as it said in Ephesians, um, that The fifth commandment is there, honor your father and mother. Uh, But it says that this is the first commandment with a promise, that your life would go well. And this is a mutual thing, right? Like you relating to your parents well, your parents relating to you well. For both of you, or all three of you, uh, 
Your life will go well. This is the promise that's given by God in, uh, in this commandment. Uh, as a young child, it means, you know, just, just doing what they say, obeying, right? Um, it's to, in doing this, though, to trust the promise of God. That in obeying your parents, even as a young child, you are obeying God. This is his design for the sovereign relationship to his creatures. That he would command us to obey our parents. They have, uh, they have authority over us. And that's not because, just because they're your parents. It's because God gave them that authority and that responsibility. But we're no longer young. We're no longer, most of us living in our parents' house. Some of us might be, some of us might be a commuter student, so I want to recognize that. Uh, but we lean in more to this word, honor. What does it mean to honor your parents? Well, it means to give them the respect due to them by virtue of their God-given role in your life as parents. And this is, again, God's created order of authority in the world. Um, And please notice, he didn't just say, honor your father. And your mother, you know, maybe sometimes. He said, honor your father and your mother. Both parents are owed this respect, this honor, and both are owed it equally. We're going to get into more of this, what that honoring looks like in part means listening to their wisdom, living a life that brings them esteem and honor. But let's get real for a second. Honoring your parents is complicated. Let's look at a few reasons why. Okay, so we honor our parents. It's a blessing. We're a gift to them. There's a promise. All this sounds good. But our parents are sinners. And so are we. We habitually sin against them. They habitually sin against us. And this is where things get complicated. Um, I'm, I'm going to start by saying the, the way sin affects the relationship with your parents. And then I'm going to talk about just how even without sin, there's just complexities to it that we need to acknowledge. So first, parents fail to parent in a way that honors God. This probably goes without saying, right? We, um, most of us have seen how our parents can hurt us, how our parents can sin against us. Um, They fall short of the glory of God, even if they are really, really good parents. Even if you can't really think of the last time that they've sinned against you, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What this might be doing right now is saying, okay, I need to see my parents as equally fallible as I am. Maybe they shouldn't be on the pedestal that I put them on. We shouldn't worship them, in other words. They're not God. But a lot of us know all too well how parents can sin against us. I've heard it said, and I've um, experienced it, thankfully, from my parents, and it's one of the hardest things, but the best things to practice is hearing your parents confess sin to their children. It's one of the most healing things. Uh, to hear uh, my mom or dad say, I'm sorry, 
and to muster up the courage to go to my three-year-old and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have yelled like that. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that, uh, is so good because it recognizes that, hey, we are under God's authority. God is the one that is holy. God is the one that is perfect. We are imperfect. I want to acknowledge here, too, that there are extreme ways that parents can hurt their kids. And here I want to just use some careful language uh, and use uh, a quote from a pastor. Um, To drive their children, for parents to drive their children like slaves or to abuse their children sexually or otherwise, or even to fail to protect them, in other words, neglect, is to forfeit their right to be called parents. I, I want you that to sink in for a moment. And, and I, I want to acknowledge that, that maybe some of you have experienced some of that kind of abuse. And that is not okay. God wants to make that absolutely clear. God hates sin. And if that is where you are, your parent has forfeited the right to be called your parent. So we're not asking you to honor to obey, to just take abuse. Do not hear me say that. They have forfeited their right to become parents. Now, children, also, we can fail to honor our parents. We fall short of God's design. I'm I'm sure as kids, we remember, I, I remember one time that I, I wrote with red crayon on a freshly painted white wall in my dad's office. And guess what? I blamed it on my brother who could not talk at the time. So uh, I think I was probably pretty old, a little too old to actually confess that to my dad uh, one time. Um, I'm sure we all have memories of how we have disobeyed or dishonored our parents. Maybe even now we hold grudges against them. I know that's been the case for me. Sometimes we can even see, you you see, parents, um, there's this thing called mommy judging. There's this thing called mom guilt. There's also just parent guilt. Parents feel incredibly uh, anxious and self-conscious about the way they parent. And sometimes kids can recognize that. And sometimes kids can manipulate that and say, You shouted at me in the car on the way to soccer practice, so now will you let me spend the night at my friend's house? You know, right? Where you see their weakness. Even as young children, we can kind of see the chink in their armor, and we can use that to our advantage. I'm just giving examples, right? Um, uh, So sometimes we, we sin... And we dishonor God and our parents by placing, once again, them on the pedestal in our life. We are not to idolize. We are not to worship our parents. And we too must repent of that. Sometimes I think this can take place when your parents have taken the roles of good cop and bad cop. One, you can see their sin. It's just blatant. It's just like, wow, like, what a jerk. Or what a hard person to deal with. And the other person you put on a pedestal because you need someone. And then you ask that parent to fulfill both roles in your life. 
And maybe you ask that parent to fill the role of God in your life. That parent cannot fill that role. So sin for both parents and children, it must be repented of. But there are other ways that there's just complexities in the world that are just a little bit harder to parse out. I want to acknowledge um, some of us may have never known our birth parents. We might have been raised by adoptive parents. I know people uh, who were raised by their grandparents, their aunts and uncles, some raised by single moms, single dads. So this adds to the complexity of the matter. When it says, honor your father and mother, what does that even mean? Right? Who is my mother and my father? I think we can think of just parental figures, those people who have taken that place. Maybe they have earned the right. They deserve the right to be called your parent. And they deserve that honor. But there are also a lot of like cultural differences that make honoring your parents not very straightforward. Let me give one example. Um, in many Western and individualistic cultures, I would say the way I was raised was more in line uh, with that kind of thinking. Uh, the, the parents in these cultures, Western individualist, uh, individualistic way of thinking, th- what they want for their parents is independence. They want their parents, they, they, sorry, what they want for their kids is independence. They want them to grow up to be financially stable, on their feet, and most importantly, self-sufficient. And so in every way, they're just waiting for you to go and fly out of the nest. Uh, so when I graduated college in, in 2007, it was uh, right before a recession, but the recession actually hadn't come. I was just kind of aimless. I moved up back in with my parents. And I, I figured my, my parents would just be thrilled. <laughs> like, great, you're home, come on. Uh, but it was a couple months in when my dad asked me to go on a walk. And he didn't do that very often. We went on a walk, and to my surprise, and Thinking back, I, I really appreciate this. Uh, he said, Nathan, you need to move out. You need to find an apartment. He even said, you need to start dating. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you, need to, you just need to kind of make your life. You've done college, now go and live. And I needed that in order to have like, the confidence to go and do this. But I understand that in other cultures that are more communal, that's not the case. When kids graduate from college and move back home, there's celebration, there's rejoicing. Uh, maybe uh, kids who've uh, been in college and lived at their parents' home, there's been very little change. And this is good. This is okay. Maybe the expectation in a more communal culture is that you would take care of your parents that you would earn enough money to be able to give back to them. And that's not a breaking of any boundary, but it's a good and right thing in that context. So what I'm acknowledging here is that there's just, there are differences and there's diversity in what this might look like in any given family, in any given context. Uh, For instance, uh, in a lower socioeconomic class, the, um, you know, the expectation might be that you are the first generation college student. Therefore, you are gonna make some money to be able to lift your parents out of poverty. And it's actually, 
if, if, they, if the, the, the kid didn't fulfill that, they might be in danger of being stingy, which is just as wrong as stealing, right? That there are some good things about that. It's not a breaking of boundaries. So the kind of the fundamental baseline is there's goodness in every culture, and there are things that God's word confronts, challenges, and affirms. So there's no one dominant uh, culture the Bible holds us to. So lastly, honoring your parents is an opportunity for Jesus to change your life. We're going to talk about how the gospel turns our view of family upside down and then sets it right side up. I included those two gospel readings because Jesus said some radical things about family and especially about relating to your parents. Notice that he did not subvert the Old Testament commandments. We read from Ephesians, which is in the New Testament, that reiterated the fifth commandment. Children, obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. But into a culture that had made family and parents an idol, he reestablished it as God's primary authority over parents. So he says, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me, being the son of God, right, is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So he addresses both that kind of parent idolatry and child idolatry in one sentence. He says that ultimately, your purpose is to worship and honor God. Jesus was setting that order straight. In order to do that, he had to turn their world upside down. What this means is that anything that your parents tell you to do, that God has said is sin, that God has said is wrong, that's not a command you should follow from your parents. Because your ultimate responsibility is to honor God above all. Let me give an example of this, and this is kind of taking us totally out of an American context just to give us an idea of the contrast here. I lived in Bosnia for two years as a missionary, and while I was there, I met this young man, and after I had left, he he became a Christian, Um, and on the day of his baptism at a local congregation, a local Christian church, uh, his two parents showed up at the door of that church, and they guarded the door to keep their son from coming in and being baptized. Now, sadly, I don't know how that story ended. I don't know if he talked to them in an honoring way, if he told them why he wanted to be baptized, if maybe they themselves later became baptized. I don't know the end of that story. I hope to to know it someday. But I think it is safe to say that his obedience to Christ would require his disobedience in this instance to his parents. Because his ultimate authority was to follow Jesus. Do we know this cost of following Jesus? The gospel turns our view of family right side up. To believe in Jesus and to follow him is to receive forgiveness due to his sacrificial death 
on the cross. This means that we've received his righteousness, we're made clean, and we're brought into the family of God. So this is what Jesus means when he says, he he talks about first the cost, right? How it's going to disrupt maybe the family order that's been established. But then he says this, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions uh, and eternal life in the age to come. We may lose relationships with our family for a time. We may uh, disrupt them for a time. Things might be uncomfortable with them if we choose to follow Jesus and our parents don't approve of that. But in this enormous family of God, made up of all Christians, where God is our father, Christ is our brother, we are accepted, loved, cherished, and directed by him to live a life that doesn't just bring blessing in this life, but also brings it in the world to come. But I think there's importance now for us to see as we deal with maybe continued looking at our parents and seeing sin, maybe more clearly that we're further away from them. Maybe in our adulthood, we still are dealing with some bitterness, that the gospel can totally change and even heal those wounds that maybe they have created. The incredibly deep impact that parents have on children's lives Your parents' power over you is nothing compared to the power of Jesus to heal every wound that they may have created. To give the power for reconciliation between you and your parents if you have struggled in your relationship with them. So this can be utterly life-changing here and now. Once you've received the embrace of your Father God, then you can have the confidence to go to your parents in a new way. So it's no accident that when Jesus teaches to pray, he says, say, our father. That was radical to use a parental title for God, our father. So I want to end with just some very brief little ideas of conversation starters with your parents. So what I want to challenge you to do is next time you're with your parents, maybe it's spring break, maybe it's, I don't know, is there a parents weekend in the spring? Um, With the awareness that you are loved and cared for, that in Christ, God the Father, the maker of all things that says, I am proud of you and I love you, with that confidence, with that dignity, go to your parents and love them. Maybe ask them to coffee. If you're of age, maybe ask them to go grab a beer. Go to the driving range. Whatever it is that you can do to have a conversation and say, how are you? How are you doing? Do you have any advice for me in this situation? I'm struggling with Lord. I, I didn't mean to say Lord, uh, but Lordy. Uh, I'll say it anyway. Um, 
Y'all, my relationship with my dad changed so much when I started calling him up and asking his advice. Like, it was just like night and day. Like, whoa. I was showing him respect. I was showing him honor. You're also being vulnerable. You're, you're saying, hey, I kind of use some help. Ask them, what was college like for you? Did you ever date? Did you ever maybe drink too much? Did you ever get into trouble? Did you ever get bad grades? You might be surprised that once you've kind of crossed this threshold of being in college, your parents might be incredibly open and transparent with you. And lastly, ask them this, whether your parent is a Christian or not, how can I pray for you? That's not a question that you only can ask at church or to your peers. But in doing something like that, how can I pray for you, mom? You are ministering the gospel in their lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us parents and my how they have changed our lives. My how we uh, know your love in some ways through them. And yet at the same time, it's complicated. And Lord, I don't know all the ways that is complicated for those of us sitting in this room. Uh, But Lord, you know. And you are abounding in power and love and in mercy uh, to meet every need. Lord, we just pray that you would transform, make alive uh, our relationships with our parents. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.